We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that tight. We're talking emerging media, e-games, cannabis, blockchain, and so much more. Without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athua Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle with three brothers. Various brothers. Truth. Bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Oh, he let us down. We got one listen, job. We got one listen, job on this intro. Listen, even, even, even LeBron has to take some time off. Okay. Uh, oh, he's LeBron now. Oh, oh yeah. You carrying us? Okay. Getting, man, you just, you just, you just, <laughs> I'll just say it through. You're Kevin Love. <laughs> oh damn, damn. Love. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Will Whiskey Hill. <laughs> welcome to the Whiskey Hill. We're excited to be back. We're back this week. For another exciting episode and one of the things i want to talk about today is right what's going it. on fellas oh, okay. what's going on first, How of you all, doing? first of all i'm no goddamn kevin love right <laughs> <laughs> first of all i was gonna make myself jordan you kobe i was gonna give you kobe you gave me kevin love i was well, gonna say he was lebron he said he was lebron gonna, so he's the third know. best no he was the third best he's self-dignified <laughs> you know i did that third best on this oh, podcast i'm just kidding <laughs> actually i'm not kidding but you know we'll just let that roll <laughs> um no man, what's going? What's wrong with you guys? Oh, it's, it's you know, outside is outside is opening back up. You know, I'm getting major invites to stuff. Still haven't got any from you guys, but it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, invites are coming in. You know, trying to figure out the social calendar and making sure we're going to hit these streets. And you know, just excited to get back to a sense of normalcy. Yeah, man, it's funny because I went running on the river today, and I was the weird one. I was still wearing my little mask thing, my uh-huh. bandana thing, and I, and people were looking at me like, "Man, this guy's weird." <laughs> oh no, no, what they're thinking because I I was just telling Clyde before we all jumped uh, before you jumped on was went to this went to the gym this morning, and you know they have the rules, you know, like hey, yeah. you have your if you got both your shots or you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear 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 a mask. If you're not, you have to wear a mask. And to be completely front, I was like, I, I got my second shot last week. Yep. Gucci. So, but I was like, oh, I'm still wearing my mask because I don't trust yeah. people. And, and the guidelines are like, can you catch it still? It's still, it's still yeah. up in the air. You know, you know, they're not, they're not really sure. It seems like what they, what they talk about on TV. But the these, funny part, these are blurry lines. It's very blurry. But the funny part, and I was like, oh, this is strange, and this is going to sound weird. I was like, wow, all the black people and Spanish people are wearing masks, and all the white people aren't. And it's and I was like, wow, that's this is this is this is an interesting study. Here, the problem is, I have I'm vaccinated, but I'm still wearing my mask. So mm. you, you people are probably thinking, oh, see, no one, these guys don't want to get shots. <laughs> so, oh, that's right, true. That's true. Right, right, right. right. So, Makes sense. But it's just like I, it, it's the gym. I just, it's at, no, at this you. point, I can't. I, I don't trust it yet. There's a lot of heavy breathing over there, so you, you know, yeah. keep it clean. <laughs> We got to get into something no. more important, though. We got to do something more important, though, man. There's something big going on in the news. Uh oh. What do, what, do we, what does Congress, technology, and oh. the NBA have in common? Some thirsty ass individuals, right? So Mark Gates, Bill Gates, and Thurston Thompson. All right, what do they got going on? All right, so now we're finding out a lot about Bill Gates' lifestyle, Ooh. right? So he actually worked oh. into his Bill Gates, um, Mark Gates. He's head. the guy. He's the five. He's the guy with the five head um, on the Republican side. He got busted for oh. like Venmoing oh, underage Gates. girls. Matt, Matt, Matt Gates. Gates. Matt Gates. That's what I said, right? Matt Gates. Go for it. 
Yeah, Matt Gates, and he said, and he's got, you know, he was Venmoing young girls. Uh, Bill Gates was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein a little bit too much, right? So these guys thought like ABC Mouse app was Tinder, <laughs> looking for dates. I don't know what they were doing, but they had that Thurston nah. Thompson approach, right? <laughs> I'm calling him Thurston from now on because it's funny. He was trending on Twitter, and everyone's like, oh, shit, who did he cheat on with now? He's Chloe. I'll be right back. I'm going to cheat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just call him Thurston. They don't call him Tristan anymore. It's hilarious. I was sitting here like, where is he going? I was like, yeah, we're about to yeah. like, I was like, I was like, we're, we're about to edit this out. This is going out. No, no, check this out. But Bill Gates had an arrangement with his wife, worked into their uh, marriage contract. Basically, he was able to go visit an old flame once it one week in a year. And I guess that plus <laughs> all this, like, I mean, I this. yeah, man. If you're a billion, I guess you're a multi multi billionaire. You got options. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, he's the richest on that list. And Thurston's option, Thurston's number two rich and forehead. I mean, five head, uh, M- M- Matt Gates is, uh, you know, yeah, he, not as rich as the other two, but it's just funny, man. Uh, it's interesting to see it now, you know, like he allotted 10 million for his kids, Bill Gates, but I think now his wife gets half. She's probably gonna leave 10 bill for each kid. Cause they got like three, four kids, right? I think three, something like that. Uh, but it's interesting, man. Uh, different, different, different strokes for different folks. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here. To, I'm not here to judge anybody's marriage. You know, I, 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 I will leave it. I'm leaving it right there. But that I, little I, guy was traveling. Listen, listen, Bill, listen, Bill, listen, when you're a billionaire, you don't need game. You don't need, you don't need looks. You just got billions. Okay. Like that's all, that's all that matters. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, people, people used to make that comment about Biggie, 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 you know, Biggie yeah. had, he, he had game, he had game and he could rap. So he, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what does it what does Matt Gates have then? <laughs> I'm just playing. He got that five head. Um, high five. <laughs> Where do I go? Your forehead or your hands? He's just not, oh, a, good, man. not a good dude. Yeah. He's not a good not dude. A good look, not a good vibe. vibe. Not a good vibe at all. So welcome to the <laughs> Whiskey Hill, ladies Captain. and gentlemen. You know, you might just came into something. So <laughs> a little strange. <laughs> the whiskey has been flowing, ladies and gentlemen. The whiskey has been flowing already. So we're going to kick off this episode. and We want to just introduce our whiskey of the episode. Um, Athul brought it to our attention, so I'll let him introduce it. This is going to be a new one for us. Uh, it's uh, uh, he has a lot of a lot of positive to say about it. So jump in there. I'm Ruth. It's a A M R U T. It's an Indian single malt whiskey. Uh, it has a blend. It has a single malt, but it has a lot of interesting character profiles. We'll get into it later, deep dive. But the, th- the three of us are trying it together today. Yeah, so we're going to try the fusion and the kamandam. T- we'll explain them at the end. Absolutely. So, no, this is going to be a good one because uh, this is something we are excited to jump into this episode. Um, something that we visited many times before, but, you know, I think we're we came together across media um, and we want to jump in this 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 episode to some news we all woke up to. Uh, what was it like two days ago? Um, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be about a week old. But it was essentially um, discovery and. Um, AT&T combined their media assets and essentially it was a reverse merger where Discovery got all the assets they're going to be running everything from the day to day AT&T becomes a majority shareholder of the organization and what happens is is AT&T is like we're getting back to the cell phone business we need to make some margin they make some money Uh, we got to pay off some things and we need to get this money so they said, Discovery, y'all can run it. Y'all better at this stuff than we are. And we need to get out of this business because we've been burning cash, trying to compete with 
Netflix of the world, who's and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're spending what seventeen billion dollars this year on content. Something yeah, something. In yeah, that something insane like that. And then you know the the the, the battle is just continuing because you got Prime in the in in the uh, Amazon Prime in the in the conversation. You got Apple and all and each of them. I think individually are sitting on at least one hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred billion dollars in cash uh, just for their businesses. So. We like this conversation. It's exciting. It's one of those ones where it's rapidly evolving. We wanted to revisit it. Um, I think we talked about this about six, seven months ago. So we wanted to revisit it, get a new state of the union on the st- streaming wars and uh, and what's going on. So the Discovery, AT&T media merger was something that was very exciting and something we're going to have a conversation about. I, oddly enough, and, and before I let you guys jump in, I was reading the Wall Street Journal and the CEO of Warner Media Studios was on the cover of the weekend edition uh, talking about, you know, media content and everything that's going on with Warner Media, uh, which is a part of the AT&T deal. And I just I just laughed because on Monday they announced that we're giving all this stuff to Discovery. <laughs> so the Damn. PR team, the comms team must have missed the, dropped the ball on that one. So, um, you know, it's a changing landscape. Consumers are in control. Content is definitely king. And all of these players are willing to pay for it because they want your eyeballs not necessarily for consumption of content. And this is something we'll jump into later, but it's around what else can we do with you once you come in and consume our content? And that's going to be the changing face of the landscape is where I see. So I'll stop there and let you guys jump in. Well, isn't that, isn't that where what uh, AT&T was thinking right initially when they purchased, uh, was it time Warner? Uh, they initially were thinking how to create synergies right across you know, their mobile side integrated with their, with all this content coming from Time Warner. They were going to, they were going to figure out this whole bundle. And it was their second go at it, right? Because they initially had direct TV, right? And, you know, that, that worked out well. And, and, uh, <laughs> so, so again, I, you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to get in here and just, you know, you guys, you got guys sitting there, you know, they got all this cash and they're looking to expand their business and try to really grow. Uh, grow their business and expand outside of what their their wheelhouse but you know running what people always forget running media organization right and in a a sense of like creating content is a hard job right creating the content finding ways to one not just it costs a lot of money to create content right from not just from the actors people think it's just the actors and actresses that cost all this money no it's the production cost hiring the right you know people to produce and direct it's a huge cost to the business and it's a mm. huge, and it's a model that's constantly has been changing over the past what 15 years, especially because of streaming. But I think AT&T got it. You know, they consolidated, created Warner media to try to figure out what to do with HBO max and then HBO go and then consolidating that asset. And then, you know, you got, you got all this other content. It's been, it's been played, right? Epics. I don't know what's going on with Epics. If it's still there, I don't. I don't know what's going on. They have, they have, right? They used to be there. Got the Godfather Harlem is on Epic. I will say I'm an avid watcher of that. Outside of that, I don't know what's on there. Yeah. (laughs) So you you have you have this like so creating content and being a a content company, and then be able to window to have a strong windowing strategy and revenue strategy is hard, especially when you're when your when your strength is was telephone business than the mobile business and the mobile business itself is extremely competitive in this country. 
Um, yeah. And, and buying spectrum, you know, the, 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 the space and space on satellites is hard. It's expensive. Excuse me. So I guess AT&T is like, man, F this. And, and <laughs> full, full disclosure, that was my first, I didn't t- tell you, AT&T is my first stock ever because, uh, yeah. my, my aunt bought it, gave us stock because she used to work for AT&T back in the day. So that nice. was our first gift of stock. So I've seen the ebb and flows of, of that stock from up, down, selling this, yeah. selling that uh, to where it is now. I held that stock for like 12 years until just like 2019, 2020. It's got up because it was pretty stagnant the last five, six years of it. But it had that nice dividend, 7% just hanging out. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, and now they're going to reduce that too. There's two major points that I'll <laughs> kind of point out. Um, so like at and I'm thinking of this. So if I equate this to something like a music industry that I used to be in before. So the the music, the record labels and the own the rights to the artists, right? Yep. Let, let's put it that way. They own their likeness or whatever it is and the content. They had, they were flush with cash in the eighties and nineties. And I've been in both this and the finance industry. And, you know, they all partied like they had a lot of money. It was really only the finance cats that had money at the end of the day. Uh, music guys were spending left and right and they just didn't have it anymore. So what they, what they should have done, this is what we all say when we, you know, in hindsight, it's easy. Back then in the eighties and nineties, when the record labels were all flush with cash, they should have gone out and bought all the radio stations and all the venues because that would be other indirect lines into their bottom line of revenue. Sorry. So that's what I was thinking, equating that to this AT&T, man, we're killing it in this space, right? In the, our communications broadband space, we're, we're killing it there. This vertical integration play by getting all this content under our one umbrella, kind of made sense. They, they overvalued, and we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, they, they overpaid maybe, uh, but that's what was the, that's what the going rate was initially. Um, but if you diversify, just like you said, Anthony, you know, you open up, if you get into new lines of revenue, you open up new competitors too. And to keep up with all those cats and then plus in your Sprint's, core business is hard. Yeah. And then Sprint and T-Mobile merged up, Verizon's out there. So they have to be ultra, ultra competitive. And so I think they want to focus on their core. Um, take that over for a little bit and I'll come back in a minute. I mean, I'll say one thing though, right? Like, you know, <laughs> Napster, <laughs> Napster and Apple and all these cats dictated to the record industry. Hey, you got the product, but we're going to tell you how it's going to be delivered to the consumer. AT&T probably saw that could be a threat down the road, right? Like, you know, there might be other things that come through internet and broadband and all that. If we don't control that space, let's get this rolling integration. I get the idea, the strategic play, uh, but the money didn't work and the, the rollout didn't work as far as a lot of things they were doing. All right, now I'll give it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, and then you layer on, you know, as a marketer, I think about what's the consumer perception in this. And I think they had a consumer issue with this whole try the synergies or pulling everything together because it just didn't work from the perspective of growing your audience, getting more people to pay for a bigger bundle when there's so much competition out there and they couldn't get past the content piece of not only paying exorbitant amount for content, but then also how do you get consumers to pay for their cell phone bill and their direct TV and the content that you're playing for, paying for and everything else, then having the ad sales team go out there and try to sell it. So there's just a lot of, things around the consumer that I felt like it just wasn't working. And as a marketer, when you're trying to sell so many stories, it becomes a little diluted and is less effective. So, you know, I think they fell into that issue where people like Amazon can get it right because they're figured out a, a bigger strategy of, we're not really trying to make any money off this. We don't care if it, if we can make a profit on prime, we just want to get you in the door to buy more Tide and, 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 you know, and toilet paper and everything else. But on the AT&T side, it's like we're trying to make all this stuff work because we want, like you mentioned, overpay for it. So when you're in the, in the, in the, in the C-suite, you have conversations around, 
you know what? I think we need another 15 billion to give it to our content creators so they can go out and create the next blockbusters where they'll still be negative cash flow negative. You know, that's a hard sell when you're dealing with, you know, a business like mobile phones or AT&T where the margins are just crazy they're slim. and they're making money. Yeah. They're making money, they're, but they're making a profit. They're making money. Hand over yeah. fist. It's not a growth business. It's a, you know, a dividend business where, you know, you're going to make a set amount. You're going to get that going and you don't want to make any big investments, especially if they're not cap capital uh, investments. So that was the hard part of the conversation. We look at the consumer, the consumer not wanting to make those shifts, but then also you're dealing with old, old guard executives who are looking at, we don't want to make these investments in content because what's the payout? Like what's the payback? Am I going to get my stock bonus at the end of the year? And what was, was CNN a strong revenue driver for, for the so. business? Cause a news organization I, typically isn't right. Like it's it, probably during the did, Trump years. Yeah. Right? I think they, they did you, well. You're the counter. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. You're during, during Trump. I'm pretty sure every news organization, especially liberal did very, very well. Uh, and Fox news killed it too. Fox was true. killing it every, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Any, anytime, anytime insanity goes down, you pay, you pay attention to news, uh, try to try to figure out what's going on, but no, you're, you're right. Like, it's I just don't again content creating content windowing it how to properly put it out and then you you tack on to be completely honest what would probably put it over 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 the edge was the pandemic right how you roll out because the fourth it was almost like you they were kind of forced to change probably their strategy right during the pandemic right a lot of companies did when it came down to putting out their movies uh, on streaming yeah. services, you have blockbuster movies that HBO Max um, have now, and they changed their strategy. I don't know if that was their strategy that the launch like that in 2020, 2021, or was it something they figured that they were going to do two or three years from now, and they had to move move it up, right? You, you're, I think they, be, yeah. Uh, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but a lot of things probably uh, forced their hand in the past year. Funny thing is, capital is so low cost right now. I, you would think that that wouldn't be the issue. They could figure something out, but I think they just wanted to change the direction. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Otherwise, I'm gonna make no, 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 no. After you, after okay. The funny thing is, we mentioned Trump, right? So Trump tried to block this deal, his administration, oh, yeah. right? Um, and it's funny, ATT probably wishes that they had blocked it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in three years they lost 45 billion or something just on the last the last point, and it almost like 93 billion on the discovery and that if you add them together. Let's get back to the valuation question for a second. So Zaslov, uh, the Discovery CEO, right? He was at NBC. He was responsible for something we have strong affinity for, CNBC. He launched that, right, under his watch. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, valuations were crazy as hell. So if you look 2006, 2008, BET was acquired under that umbrella, under these umbrellas, you know, where he was at before. 24X, 24 times earnings. Bravo, 23 times earnings. Comedy Central, 29 times earnings. Now you're at 2020-21, um, and this deal was 2018. Nowhere near the, that that multiple, but like you know, it's a different thing because back then traditional content delivery train was going to ride forever. They thought, right? So they would overpay because at some point they'll get their scale and distribution will overcome everything and they'll make money forever. Broadband broadband changed everything, yep. so the growth went from double digit to single to flat to now it's negative, right? In many cases, so that's there's a shift in the mindset. So exactly you said the old guard was trying to bring in these old old status. Cool ways of running business, and it didn't quite equate. Yeah, I, I, I love to see how you know, just not to change complete direction, but stay on topic. But 
how this is going to play out for you know Sasloff and 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 integrating with uh, Discovery assets. So uh, two different worlds, right? You know, we got reality versus scripted. Uh, but he was on CNBC this past Monday, and I, I texted. I was like, "Oh, he said he he thinks he can get 400 million subscribers." And I was like, "Oh, that's aggressive." Wow. <laughs> global, he, right, right. he was saying about global. He was thinking globally, of course, right? Wow. You know, from a, the asset side, uh, you know, again, CNBC they they had him on the spot. They get paid, you know. They had him on a the spot. They were asking him questions. He was like, "Listen, this is a good deal, damn it." <laughs> in his mind, <laughs> right. in, in his mind, you can hear him say, "Like, God damn it, this is a good deal," um, and, and I can do this. Y'all doubted me before. Don't doubt me again. Um, yeah. But, but you know, it's. I think it's going to be interesting because you know now, like uh, like Clyde said, it's like now you got now you got people who are in this industry. This is their business. This has always been their business. And they're going to take these assets, take the business and try and figure out the roadmap to, to one growth on the streaming side. How do you maintain, you know, I don't know what they're going to do from a linear perspective, but how do you maintain that business? You know, um, cause regardless of the fact how much we talk about streaming, linear is still here and it's still yeah. needed for certain assets. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I, 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 th- I think there's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I don't know. Like I don't understand how I, I will I, I will be caught off guard when if I see Mortal Kombat on HGTV. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got they, there's some good assets. I mean, Discovery's get, inheriting some good assets here. Game of Thrones, oh. HBO has some great content. Oh, I don't I know what I'm, happened with AT&T. They're just sitting on it. Well, are you uh, to Clyde's point, it's really how do you how do you take those assets and and you make that sell to the consumer? I it's yeah. a, like out of everything that came out during the period, like this time last year, when we were in the discussions, we're in the heart of the early stages of the, you know, arguably the first, the second full month of the pandemics, you know, it was two yeah. and a half months at this point, you know, it was all about which streaming service you have and right. who else was launching. And then HBO, HBO max was launching and you're like, hold on, what about HBO go? But what if I have yeah. that and I have HBO max, do yeah. I got to pay extra or what, what's going on? Yeah, it was yeah. confusing the hell. Well, but then you had, you know, Netflix, Hulu was doing their thing. Disney Plus comes out with like gangbusters. And and now what's the story? And HBO Max was kind of caught off there. And, you know, you had the other assets. You know, we have CNN. I would love to see what they're going to do with that. But uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. And that's not the only play out here. So I, one thing. Oh, go ahead, Clint. Go ahead. Now, one thing I read and, you know, I think it'd be a smart play for them is to think about the Disney Plus model. Where they have a single app, they're trying to integrate Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN. It's kind of a yeah. package deal where you can get them in standalone, yeah. or you can get together. So you you know you get that aggregate consumer who is locked into your channel. So I think they have enough content now where they can make that type of play. Um, but you know, one of the things that you know scares me a bit is you know the cons- the consolidation in the marketplace that's taking place right now. So we talk about the streaming wars, but you know it's really getting down to a couple of players and there's there are shrinking assets uh yeah. in the marketplace. So one of the things I I open the question up for you, for you guys is, you know, you start to think about Apple TV in their war chest, Netflix which, you know, is, is the reason why everyone is doing this. You got Peacock Who's, you know, Comcast backed, but you know, that's a different model in play. You got Amazon Prime, which is, you know, a, a war chest plus, you know, everything else that they can combine and make it a much better, um, experience. 
and then you layer in your Paramount Plus. Um, so yeah. now you have, you know, those six type of competitors where you're thinking about Discovery Plus with the Warner Asset. So, you know, it could be, I don't know what the combined company would be called, but, you know, you have those six, seven players um, in the marketplace. So where do you see that? Like, how do you see that impacting the way that we're going? It's I. It's going to be more consolidated. All right. So the consolidation rate is it's it's happening, right? There's another player, right? We we talked about. Then you have Amazon announced the whole the whole Amazon potentially buying uh, MGM Studios. So you oh, got yeah. that play. So you not, now you took another huge shop off. So I said this. I said this months ago. I was like, Apple TV has some good content, you know, but it takes a lot to produce have enough of content to have people staying on your your service constantly hmm. um so i feel like they, they need a huge lot li- they need another library and i feel like they're gonna have to get out there buy somebody and you know i was i i, I f- the only player out there potential player out there i think is paramount you know yeah i i think even though they launched paramount plus i think apple tv gets past this whole epic battle um in a, in a, a lawsuit in a year or two you know, if Paramount Plus doesn't start doing gangbusters on, on 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 subscriber numbers, I think I think I think if they don't, even if they do, right? I don't. You know, Apple comes knocking on your door and say, "I want your studio," and here's X amount of dollars, seven eight billion. You know, whatever whatever the number is, does does Viacom turn it down? I mean, and they can go to the board, right? You can do a hostile takeover, leverage buyout. These are options that Paramount does not have to be on board. <laughs> you could you could force the hand. Right? Exactly. But I just think from a content play, Apple has to Apple's gonna need to step it up, especially with Amazon yeah. potentially going after MGM. Like how do you, how does Apple maintain that service, especially when they're focused on services and growing that and continuously growing that revenue stream? How do you keep on how do you keep people with in that wheelhouse? Because you're giving away Apple TV Plus for when you buy new devices yeah. for a year. So how do you keep them in house? Yep, right. They, they keep up in it. I still have it free from buying my phone almost eighteen yeah. months ago. They keep up in <laughs> yeah. another six months. Let me let me tie yeah. in one thing I said earlier. So like you know, I want this especially for our younger listeners, right? So that whole I was giving you the BET Bravo those earnings twenty four twenty nine x earnings that was the hot model at that time. A lot of younger listeners and maybe some older ones are looking at crypto right now. The valuations are insane, right? But they said, hey, it's only going to go up. Hey, Bitcoin's at 30 today. It was at 60 last week. Um, all makes sense because you know it's going to be 120 from now on, ten, two years from now, whatever it is, right? They're just going to think it's always going to be up. But just be aware that some of these models shift and valuations completely change. Yep. Going back to your Kramer point, I didn't see it live. I read the article about it where Kramer, I guess, had ATT board member Jeffrey Yang on and just went in on him. I mean, they said it was pretty hostile. And so there's two vantage points. Kramer was taking the investor side, like people like us investing in the company or major investors. And Yang was taking, hey, I'm running the operations. I'm running business and strategy. I'm running the business. So he's taking that side. He goes, okay. (laughs) No, she's like, okay, you can say, okay, yeah, I can get this value. If I spin this off, yeah, the investor is going to take a hit initially because the stock's going to go down. Okay, that's great. That's I see that angle. That makes sense. But if Yang is taking the position, look, man, long term, if we can get this business right, uh, if we know that we're not going to win this war in the next five, six years, it's business is going to continue to suffer. He goes, so uh, he's, he's saying, let's get this right. Then we can, you know, don't have to pay this exorbitant 7% uh, dividend. Let's get it strategically and financially sound. So the stock price goes up on itself. Then we don't have to play this whole dividend game. 
So I think there's two things, but I, I would align with Yang in that conversation. Interesting because, you know, you're trying to get the stock price to go up, but, you know, the reason why it's interesting is because AT&T has so much out there, it's hard to get that stock price to go up um, because the, the market cap, it takes a lot to move it. So, you know, I think that's going to be a big challenge if you're trying to make it into a growth company. Like the dividend is why people own it and they buy it. So if you're lowering the dividend, you're going to get crushed. Like it's going to take a lot to move that, those shares. So I just feel like that's a risky bet. Um, you know, that's why, you know, those guys get paid, you know, six, seven, eight figures. Um Annually, so you know, I'll be curious to see what that. What, what, I don't think what, any of them making only six. I think it's seven. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but no, but you like the margins, right? The margins in their business, broadband, all those communications are not hot. Like compared to, if you're talking about the valuation, how do you get it to move? Well, look at look at all the Fang stocks. They're they're killing it valuation wise, and they're still moving because they have crazy margins in their business. Yeah, ATC's got to figure out some other model. Has yeah, but that's margins. that's yeah, that's why yeah, that's so why content isn't it. it is where I'm going with that. <laughs> you know, content's not it for anybody. I think yeah, content isn't it. But if you figure out a way to get those consumers on that technology, and you get to a point similar to Netflix, where you know where they may not be today, but down the road they can turn that switch and say, you know, we don't need to invest seventeen billion dollars a year in content, but now we can just let that library lie, ride, and now you can just be profitable in the next year. And you're spitting off these crazy margins because you're not investing in content anymore. So that's like that long term play. And that's why Netflix has been investing heavily in content, because hopefully one day they'll be able to turn it off and just live off their library and, you know, do two to three shows a, 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 a quarter versus one every week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it was a new movie every week, or every day, or something, wasn't it? Something like that every week. I think there was one every week. Yeah, it was doing like yeah, something every week, and it was it was crazy. But you know, for you know, in the pandemic, it made total sense because you know, I think some people got to the end of Netflix <laughs> uh, because you know, it was the only thing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch. So it's like, uh, I've seen all of that. So it was it was a totally different story. But one of the things yeah. that that was exciting around all of this is that. You know, there. I think one of you mentioned it earlier is that now the consolidation is going to start to happen, and there are some there's some hot properties out there. I mean, you mm. think about uh, MGM. You know, there's rumors right now where Amazon is in in talks to buy MGM and their huge library. And you think about you know the James Bond flicks and a lot of other things that's in the MGM umbrella that would you know essentially make uh, Amazon Amazon a, a a critical part of a a content play. Or if you layer on like a, um, a Sony um, where, you know, Sony is Sony is doing some mm. cool things on the picture side where, you know, they're licensing their content to both Netflix and Disney uh, for now. And they have long term deals and they're getting that revenue out there. But, you know, over time, I think there may be some shifts where, you know, Sony may want to make investments and and not necessarily license their stuff, but they need to sell off or somebody come in with the right deal and take ownership because, I hinted at this earlier, you know, when your only trick is content, you're going to be in trouble, Netflix. Uh, I'm looking at you. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, you know, you think about Amazon where, you know, Prime, they give it away. Apple TV, they care about subscriptions and devices and they give the content away. It's a loss leader. You know, as a marketer, you want to have a loss leader and something where you can say, okay, customer, come and enjoy this for free. And then we're going to load up all these other things because we can get you to pay for that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch this content for free, but 
you're paying, you know, 5% more for laundry detergent because you can get delivered with your prime. And, you know, that stuff adds up. And, you know, at the end of the day, you look at, you know, you spent, you know, five figures on your Amazon bill for this $99 a month. Uh, I mean, $99 a year subscription. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it, it makes total sense. They make their money back. So that's why, you know, I throw that. And I think we touched on this earlier that someone needs a different play if you're going to only be in content. AG. Netflix needs to get into a higher margin investiture, right? They got to invest into some higher margin business and bring that under their own umbrella because content is yep. not it. Yeah. Um, yeah, content is not it. And I think, AJ, you mentioned this, um, w- which was the movie theaters. I still go back to that, like having an experiential, oh, like yeah. yeah, having an experiential play where you're watching content. You're almost having like local experiences at your movie theaters owned by Netflix. So you, you can imagine, like, if they had like a release of this something. Dude, downplaying the Asian. I'm the one that said that. Can't even. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Well, I said that. Remember, what it was. He said. He said. You know, you guys called about me the Disney the, thing. The remember? one in the middle all the damn time. So he didn't know what side <laughs> to go to. Client <laughs> <laughs> suppressing the Asian again, man. Suppressing. Me. <laughs> you know, I got love for you. I got love. It's your month. It's your month, as a matter of fact. I know. I got one more week. We're going to celebrate the <laughs> shit out of this month. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, no, that Disney thing you were alluding to, right? Yeah, Disney yeah, has, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't exactly. get to the theme parks every week, every you know, every week or once a month, but you can do something in, in, yep. in your local area. Boom, go. Yeah, Sorry. so, you know, those streaming worlds, I think that's what's going to be needed. And we touched on this before, but, you know, one of these days, they'll, they'll listen to us. You know, I know they listen to the podcast, so let's <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> like Netflix sell. Well, Netflix. So, so, so at the end of the day, what you're saying is that Netflix needs to sell because they can't jump into another market. Like, and that's, with, that's cap, that's capital intensive and, and, and capital cheap right now, man. Get it. Get into gaming. Get into game. Gaming's another content play, but well, get into gaming, arenas and all that. Gaming, gaming would be the play, right? Gaming would, uh, live, live gaming on Netflix would be the play, right? Like that's, a, a, or running their own league would be the play. That, yeah. co- that comes at cost because you got to license out the game with the developer and the game comp- gaming company. But having a live games because the way people watch Twitch, yeah, they will they will yeah. have to compete against Amazon and Twitch. Maybe get and, those AMC studios that are out there. They're for sale, man. You know, like <laughs> if somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to buy that whole entire portfolio. There are plays. There are plays, like you guys said, there are plays. It, you know, it becomes, you know, whether they can scale it properly and, and what's the, what's the real ultimate opportunity? How long of a runway do they have until they see, see, see some positive on it? Um, I don't, yeah, gaming is probably the best one, e gaming at least. Yeah. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we're going to keep looking at the streaming world wars and uh, diving into it from time to time, because I think we're all pretty hype and passionate about where the space is going and where can continue to watch it. So so at this point, you know, we want to talk about our whiskey of the day. Um, we sipped on something Athul brought it to our attention, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised, especially during uh, uh, this time of year where it's warming up a little bit and. I think it was a good vibe. So to jump into it, what did you think about the whiskey of the day? I'll tell you, I'll give you a little story on it. Then you guys tell me what you think first, and then I'll get in there. So this story, this is, it's from Bangalore, which is like the Silicon Valley of India. It's the old school. It's kind of like Rome where there's the old school legacy built like structures. And then there's new tech hubs and Silicon Valley. And then the Gurgaon is the new one, which is where kind of North where I'm from, where it's all tech skyscrapers. So 
Unruth, right? So let me, the story of why it has, gets its taste. There's very low humidity in most pockets of India, especially if you're along the coastal areas. Um, so in the barrel, the water gets pulled out when this thing is in the barrel sitting there aging. So it's sucked out by the drier air, which raises the alcohol by volume level much quicker than in Scotland or Ireland. So it ages mm. five, six times as quickly as oh. other pockets of the world. So that's the weird thing. That's what a lot, even beer has like eight to 10, sometimes 12% alcohol by volume where it's like five, six here in America. Um, oh. So you get lit up on just like two beers. Um, so it, it, that's, and what they do with this particular one, Amru, they bring in for 25% of the flavor profile, they bring in peat from Scotland. So that's where you get that peatiness to it. And then they, uh-huh. and then the rest of it's from northern pockets of like Nepal, which is on the border of China and India, uh, where they get a lot of the other grains that they put into this. So, that's the flavor. Pro- that's how he gets it. I want to get you on the see your thoughts on the flavor, and then I'll jump in at the tail end to clean up whatever you're gonna bash on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, I thought I thought it was like a I got a honey flavor, like almost like a dark sweet rum is uh which 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 popped out to me. So I really enjoyed it, and oh. the finish was it was a nice like warming sweet finish. So that was those are some of the things that stood out to me, and and uh, I have to say I, I appreciated this recommendation. I got citrus. You see, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to tap into my inner Clyde. Um, you know, <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, now. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep it. Keep it. PG. You got to match it. You got to match an outfits. Go for it, man. Yeah, keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 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 Pete. Um, that's, you know, that's that was my as you as you said, I had to sophisticate my palate. Uh, yeah. But it was uh, it's it definitely takes you back to, you know, that that PD, that PD uh, whiskey. Uh, taste that I like, uh, but you know it's not bad. I I, I would have never found it without your recommendation. Yeah, no, yeah, it's nice, it's huh? it's out there, but not as much. So like, it's got this vanilla-ish, banana esque flavor that smooths it out at the end. It's got that ripeness to it, but it's heavy with spices, and that, they layer that in. So this is the Unruh Fusion. It's fusion because of what they bring in from Scotland. There's a I'm gonna mispronounce this Uh That's the more expensive bottles, like double the price, like 150. Pete, a little spicier, a little sweeter too. It's just, it's just to counter the foods that are in the region as well. Huh. Uh, that's it. Yeah, and Unruh Fusion is around 75, 80 bucks a bottle. Oh, go buy it if you find it. <clears throat> Collection. All right. All right. All right, so, all right. All right. Well, we're gonna move to so, the things that we we usually talk to. Shit, you should know. There you go. Let's jump in there. Go ahead. No, Shit you should not. Right, listen, kick it off. Listen. So, so there's there's three things. All right, two things. Two things. One, uh, let people know. Uh, Black owned gallery in Soho opened up recently. Um, yeah. Vassal, um, on one thirty eight tenth Ave. Definitely check it out. Some great work. It's not just going to be all uh, black owned artists, which she will focus on, but it's going to be a mixture of artists. But it's a black owned nice. gallery. You know, definitely need to have those popping up and, and showing different uh, art artists and exposing them to to the masses especially in manhattan um the other i don't know if we're recording next week but if we are may 31st the 100th anniversary of of the black wall street massacre pretty much right oh yeah Uh, yeah and greenwood so just to put that on the radar the tulsa race riots um that you know even though we you know we're, we're definitely conscious i guess now um a little bit more conscious than we have been in the past couple of years. Uh, definitely, we need to pay attention to what happened uh, in the Tulsa race riots, and or I, I just pretty much say Tulsa massacre, uh, yep. race massacre. Yeah. So, absolutely, uh, you it, it's a hundred years, and the story 
we talk about it and then it goes under the, we put it under the rug and we talk about it and put it under the rug, but it's something that we definitely need to pay attention to. But 100 years starting May 31st is the, is the anniversary. So just to throw it out there. Look, look up Not, on furthering Anthony's point, look up Hill Harper and Naja Roberts. They're, they on this campaign. They're here in New York and Jersey. They're in Brooklyn and then Jersey last weekend. I was on that panel with Hill Harper last year at Kim's event and he was bringing it up. Uh, Cause you know, it's a hundred years and that's why they're getting on this campaign. They're hitting all across America and just talking about financial literacy, which is a term Jaquette said I could say. So I texted right after Hill Harper just said it. So I'm going to go back to financial literacy. It's a term <laughs> we can use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'd say check out, there's a bunch of movies and series coming out. One produced by LeBron's group. Another is that by a couple of other uh, famous people who are putting out documentaries or movies around uh, black wall street and other kind of, massacre situations like that. So I recommend those. Uh, CNN, I think, has one coming up either this week or next week. So I definitely recommend that one. Nice. And for me, My Shit You Should Know is a new series that we talk about streaming wars on stars, right? So one of the things that I'm excited around is streaming wars is that diversity of content that's been able to come out because there's so much content needed. You get new shows that are kind of representative of what's going on in the world. So this one is called Run the World. It's a series that's pretty much like Sex and the City for Black people uh, about these these uh, mid thirties people coming up in the age of Harlem. Um, I know the person who created it, executive producer produced nice. it, uh, Lee Davenport, who's great. The show is great, has a great buzz around it. So I recommend that you check it out, especially if you like you're a fan of like Sex and the City, or if you just want to see some young black people running around uh, Harlem. And you can see all those spots that you used to go through. They like they kick off the opening scene with uh, Jenny's. So if you've been up to Harlem, oh, nice. you know Jen, you know Jenny's and Red Rooster, and you know it's a really authentic, uh, yeah, uh, authentic, authentic story. So check it out. Run the world on stars. Um, sign so up for stars. That's my recommendation. Jeez. Yeah, Clyde <laughs> has to go soon. So I only got seventeen things to say. Um, so I, I'll give, I'm gonna give uh, Anthony a shout out. I don't usually get into these kind of touchy feely type of podcasts like Jay Shetty, but all right. But when you said Will Smith's on there, Jay Shetty's like that guy. He talked about him last week. Will Smith, everybody loves. So he, t- yeah, they were on it together, and then I listened to it, and um, it, there was some dope insight. And Will Smith has gone through some stuff. And and when a guy of that stature that you admire uh, says mentions your religion, an Indian religion, and the Bhagavad Gita, uh, just makes oh, yeah. you feel kind of warm and cuddly inside. And like he he practices a lot of things in in Hinduism, which is kind of dope. And the entire family's on it, even uh, Miss Entanglement, um, and the kids are on it too. They're 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 meeting with Jay Shetty on the regular, so it's kind of dope. Um, it's South Asian Month, or whatever song. Oh, Asian Month, not all of only me. Uh, but Naval Ravi Khan. <laughs> Naval Ravikant, I mentioned him in episode one or two. You should check this cat out. Um, he made this amazing quote that all three of us are going to love in our listeners. He's a, he, this is his quote. To think that the internet would not have its own money and currency features like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all that, or even digital currencies is like thinking that the post office could deliver email. <laughs> this is natural evolution, right? Similar features, but nice. very different practices. This guy is dope. He's, he's like, he's finance, but forward thinking progressive guy um get get on get on level with this cat he's been on tim ferris deepak chopra joe rogan every heavy hitter he's kind of countering them and he's he's in that room with them so he's, he's in all big cats podcast publishes lot. can i say one more you got more one more time there you go all right mitch mitchy mitch mcconnell he's oh, from boy. the great state of alabama and he you know alabama tried to actually they banned <laughs> having kentucky. yoga he's a, he's a kentucky 
He's a Kentucky guy, but he was born in Alabama. Yeah, you're right. I had to check it all up. I had to, you know, Mitchie Mitch is oh, he shows up, man. All those necks are everywhere. All right, so he comes up. So he's from Alabama originally. <laughs> Alabama tried to ban yoga because they didn't want the kids in school to start practicing yoga and then convert to Hinduism. I mean, you guys are a bunch of jackasses. So I'm, you know, and like Mitchie Mitch, man, he's got an Asian wife too, by the way. I think she's Chinese or Korean. Yeah. And it's funny because he looks like he's got that look, right? He'll roll up on a pony and just shoot it, right? <laughs> It <laughs> doesn't give a damn. Yes, it just doesn't look boy. like he has any remorse. I was going to say, Mitchie Mitch, shame on you, man, and your people. <laughs> people shame from Alabama. on you. Shame. Indirectly, shame. indirectly, if we gave you yoga, that came from India, right? So we indirectly gave you yoga pants. You're welcome, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, ladies and gentlemen, oh, <laughs> this Lord. is a great way to end the Whiskey you <laughs> today. Hopefully not forever, but just today. <laughs> Based on that comment. Uh, <laughs> So thank you for listening. Another great episode of the Whiskey Hue. Make sure you rate us on all platforms and uh, let us know what you think. Peace. Peace.